Constant Downpour Remastered is a retro sci-fi survival hex crawl where players traverse through a near-hopeless environment that slowly whittles away their sanity, made for use with the Mothership RPG. With original soundtrack by Blake Suarez taking inspiration from 80s Moog and Roland JD8 synthesizers and Metroid Prime Stranger Things and classic side-strollers all darkened to the theme of Constant Downpour. It's funding right now on Kickstarter, so hurry up over there and back it. Welcome to Wallabies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. And here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. So, Logar, it looks like we uh, have another bestiary here to take a look at, because, you know, we, we all love fighting new monsters and new creatures. Here's the thing. What's different, this is different than your normal bestiary, is if, and I we spoke with Eric of the Merry Mushman. I think it was back in July. You can scroll through and check it out. The folklore bestiary inspired by folk tales and superstitions by the Merry Mushman. Now, I want to point out something here that this this differs from my other bestiaries or oh. monster manuals. Yeah, so before we get started, this was provided to us by the Merry Mushroom, correct? Mm-hmm. So this was provided to us by the Merry Mushroom. Merry Mushman. So we it's it's it differs a lot from other ones that I've I've got in my collection, like my AD and D ones and, and my castles and crusades. Most of my, most of all your, um, most of your monster manuals have like the stats for the monsters and tells you a bit about them. This gives you a lot more to work with for a monster. And, and I think I'll get into that. Let, let's talk about what the introduction of it. The very front has got this little thing. So there's a fifth edition version and an old school essentials version. Yep. And at the beginning, there are needs some adventures, rival parties, colleagues in distress, prisoners to free, whatever you need them for. This is the group or one on page 158 on the uh fifth edition, and I think it's one oh 158 on both. It's 158 on both. They are two different groups you get for the old school essentials group and the fifth edition group. And, and these both, are pre pre-gen characters, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, you could use them for you know starting a game real quick. And they the they have a different the especially the old school essentials. I feel has a slightly different feel. Uh, this little gnome, level two gnome, a level three paladin, a level fourth level thief, and, and they do give me a little more of a folklorey feel that the way these characters are with their images and everything. Well, they also have special quirks, mm-hmm. which makes them unique, as you mentioned, in terms of uh, having some more special abilities that are folklore based you know like the uh, gnome is ignored by the undead <laughs> and, cannot, and cannot be magically healed either so he what well, he is back from the dead not necessarily a undead himself but back from the dead yeah so that was unique for the OSE version the 5e version they go with the standard you know by the book proficiencies and spells and skills and feats but in the OSE version there's quirks for each each of the pre-gen characters or, or NPCs, however you want to use them. Now, the actual table of contents of the folklore bestiary is laid out a lot different than other games that I've looked at in the past. It does not, it is not like page one to page 150, whatever. It starts off with alphabetical order of the monsters presented in here. So you get it starts with the Anghead, A-N-G-E-H-E-A-D, on page 99. And it goes through alphabetically and gives them to you. And then beside that, it also gives you the monsters 
by challenge rating. So if you're or, looking up, or hit dice, because <laughs> uh, it's by hit dice in the OSE and it's challenge rating for the fifth edition because it's going to change a bit. So that is an interesting way to present a monster manual, I feel. I, I think it's helpful and useful. They are not laid out in alphabetical order in the book, though. So why do you think they did it that way? Because normally it's page order and alphabetical order. Well, one thing I can say is the reason we're doing this for a zine Thursday is because they the, the Mary Mushman did one of the most impressive zines out there, and that's Knock. If you don't have Knock, go out and get it. Uh, I think it's in print right now on the Mary Mushman site. You should be able to get physical prints of it. And these are, I'd like for us to go over some of the stuff in these because they're, they're amazing. What Knock is, is it was said to be a zine that compiles different uh, submissions and blog posts from the internet into a really useful print. And they use every square inch of this thing. It's got a little dust jacket on it. In the dust jacket itself, every square inch is used for an adventure and all kinds of stuff. There's so much useful for your game. It's one of the things I can't suggest picking up enough. It's one of the best publications in years. There's three issues out now. I think they're going to be crowdfunding a fourth coming here soon. So uh, back to folklore, Bichieri. This is their next their next thing. And and like Knock, it's a bunch of different folks contributing. So you have some of the folks. Some of the folks in here. I, I don't think I'm going to read through the list of all the contributors here because that would, you know, I don't want to start butchering everybody's name and everything for starters. But there's a lot of folks that have contributed, including Diogo Nogueira, who's been on here a few times, uh, and some others as well. And 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 I I like it. It's it's supposed to be zine format, but I think it's I think the physical final form that we're going to be getting in the mail is going to be a hardback at the end of it but still that a4 or a there's a4 a5 size that 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 uh zine size so it's a bit smaller i mean it's 160 pages so that'd be a little bit hard to be a traditional zine per se yeah. it's, it's it's more of a booklet or book and so is so is knock it's a, it's really thick and it, although it was sold as a zine this is one of those times where i'm like the kind of that that definition of what's a zine and what's not is getting hazy and we're just kind of throwing that to the wind and saying okay we'll do this for zine thursday now we're running out of time and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do a few episodes addressing this because I think it's really cool. I want to talk about the format of the monsters, how they're presented here. One of their strengths is visual aesthetic. But here, all the monsters seem to start with a bit of like a bit a little of a backstory, little short story, a yeah. short story, kind of giving you a flavor how of, of how an adventure might go. Now, that said, for each of the monsters, they also talk about what region they're from. You know, it's from Basque or from Belgium or from what part of Europe. And I think a couple are unique to this, too, as well. So I think some of them don't get that because I think they are made specifically for the book and not and for and have this flavor that's going on. The flavor of the monsters are very folklore-ish. So I want to start with the first one in the book because it's the very good place to start. This is called now. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this thing right. It's from the Basque country. Uh, by this done, this entry is by Nabuk. Nabuk, I believe, is pronounced. Uh, now the creature's pronunciation. I'm gonna I'm gonna go here because it gives you a pronunciation. Bachaya Oten. Yeah, so the Bachaya Oten is. Uh, well, it says. Well, no, it's Bachaya Un. Bash, no... Say that again. Bachaya Un. There's no Bachaya Un. 
Yeah, by Shia Un. Oh, okay. I'm I'm I need to put my glasses on. I thought how a T there where the E was. <laughs> no, no. So there's no T. So it's spelled B-A-S-A-J-A-U-N. Bashaya Yoon. And it starts off with a story about it. And it, it, what's interesting is these it, it gives you little uh little tiny tiny stories. And any of these could be a seed for an adventure or anything else. Using this thing, and like I said. Its uniqueness isn't in the stats and, and abilities as much as it is a lot of the stories that are presented and the way it's presented to use them. Now, it got uh, it gives you lists of names for your Bashayun, and then it gives you the stat blocks and its abilities. Now, the Bashayun is giving you ways to deal with them that isn't just fighting it. Like the Bashayun can be stopped with riddles and puzzles, and it kind of talks about how to do that. Now, in the uh, the OSE edition, it gives you your basic OSE type of checks. So it's like a two and six chance and whatnot. And it kind of gives you the way to play or run the riddles. And then it talks a little more in depth on different elements of it and gives you a bunch of hooks, a bunch of hooks for different adventures and different inner encounters you can have. So that your encounters aren't going to be, I run into it, I fight it, I slay it. There's a lot of leadway. Perhaps it's part of the adventure is going to be figuring out what's going on with a given monster, which is a cool, cool, cool approach. I feel to presenting a monster in a in a, in a ma- monster manual type of. So you're not going to murder hobo through your way everything because it details enough about the creatures that it's a little bit of a cultural background of the creatures. And they also have an interesting one specific to this one is that it's a, there's a new character class where. It's a Basayun that's made it with a human woman, and then you can play it as a new character class called a Hachkos, I guess is the Hachkos? name of it. Yeah, so yeah, you get this one gives you a new class. It is a racial class, and it is a half Bahaya Basha. Oh no, I'm getting my tongue tied. Bahaya Bashaya Un. Bashaya Un. A half Bashaya Un, essentially. Right. And they're tall these are big these are giants and they kind of got this weird uh old old uh old man god-like vibe to them these flowing beards and odd little look to them that describes their giant noses that stick out of their faces and all now really neat is that it's it's a it's presenting a monster in a manner that you're not just like i said not just gonna fight it you're gonna you're gonna be able to take and build out around the encounter with the monster, try to figure out what's going on with the monster itself and what's going on with the, the different hooks, lines and sinkers they put there. So to say, as, as palladium books puts it. <laughs> um, and that gives you lots of characters and little stories you can run with. Now, some of the monsters come with an entire adventure with it, but we'll get to that. I feel as we go further. So the way it fleshes out a monster, I'd love to see just all monster manuals and every monster and every monster book getting this kind of treatment because this is what we've always needed as dungeon masters, but never knew we needed. (laughs) Well, you know, again, it's more of a background and cultural treatment. That way you have some more information about the creature versus, like we said earlier, you find some hobgoblins and you murder hobo, a hobgoblin clan or whatever it is, you know, this one makes it a little bit more interesting that way. So as you mentioned, Logar is like, you don't have to murder your hobo your way through it. You can find different solutions to dealing with these creatures during your adventure. And and there's all, and lots of the encounters just involve different things going on in the areas. And like I said, it's very folklore heavy. So it leans into that. 
One of the ones I really like that I'd like to talk about today, because we're going to probably come up on time quicker than I want, and we'll probably hit a few more of these, is uh, is from Flanders, Belgium by Nicolas Dassault. Oh, this one, yes. I like this one as well, too. <laughs> so let's talk about these these little fellers. How do you pronounce how, – how would you say you pronounce that? Ka-boder? Ka-boder? Uh, so it's not a ka-boder. <laughs> so they're kind of smurf-sized, for lack of a better description. Well, yeah. Little smurf, gnomes. Smurf-sized gnomes. And these are traditional-looking red hat gnomes, but not as evil as some of the other ones we've encountered before. <laughs> Well, they're very communal creatures, and it gives you some hooks. Like one of the hooks is that a, a wealthy bourgeois person purchases some land. He wants to turn into to, uh, areas to grow wheat so he can make money, and he has to deal with them. There's all kinds of other little hooks there that that will be great for running them. They live in little nooks and crannies of old, old dilapidated buildings. It seems they have some really fun stuff going on with them. It gives you different places where you can find the cabatours, and it gives you a few cabatour families as well. So it goes in depth on what those families uniquely do themselves on top of everything. The five families. This reminds me of like the five families of New York. <laughs> <laughs> so there are these little uh, wood, like hidden away in like little nooks. I, I love the idea of these things and the feel. I also want to point out there's a D20 belongings from a Kabajur. And and if you roll or look at the three, they get a hammer and a sickle. And I feel that after reading about them, that's a very appropriate for the uh the feel and aesthetic of these of these creatures. And I I'm I'm gonna probably have to bring them in to get my CNC game at some point in time. In the nearer than later future. <laughs> yeah, they certainly make it very interesting because, again, some of the encounters and the hooks with them, it's more of, um, you know, it's a family, they're having breakfast, they need help. So it's not like they're trying to, you know, rob and attack the party members by any means. Yeah, and it seems like the the conflicts are coming out of interest. Like I said, the one of the some bourgeois feller purchases the land and wants to monetize it and he runs into conflict with the caballero that lived there right now if you look at one of the hooks the second hooks they reference something that's very smurf like they're talking about how one of the caballeros escaped from a mediocre sorcerer by the name of garlic mill <laughs> garlic mill is Gargamel, Gar right <laughs> I, I think so they're very smart but they're not blue then at least not in the no, picture that they not, present yeah they're not, not blue but they are smurfish they are, smurfish, they are smurfy yeah. <laughs> smurf and smurfy <laughs> and they can and they, they can never get drunk either <laughs> yeah poisons anything they ingest or drink they can just drink and enjoy it it's not it's not it doesn't harm them and poisons drinking poisons doesn't harm them as well one of the the next one after that that and we're just kind of touching. I haven't read through this whole thing. I'll be honest, and I think that I think we're running out of time. Uh, maybe we should we should wrap it up and and talk about the next one in in a, in a next episode, in a future episode. Yeah, talk, yeah. When we talk about that. it, because uh, I'm excited about the next one. I think it's interesting some of the things there you can do with this monster that they've given us here. And like I said, I one of the the best strongest points of this for me is that they really flesh out monsters for you. And if I could get every monster in a monster manual and my tome of horrors complete, or my or any of those your basic monster manuals done up like this, where you've got 
five or more pages on an individual monster. I mean, that would be great. I would love to have all those hooks, lines, and everything to go with it to be able to pull them into my game. I think that what they've done with the folklore bestiary is amazing. I'm really excited to get the physical copies in the mail. And once I do get them in the mail, I'm going to be making sure that these are being used in our game. I, I Especially my CNC Saturday night game, I'm going to be using them. Yeah. And again, I don't think we should be calling them monsters because they're not traditional monsters. I think, you know, they're it's a bestiary. So I would say we should call them something else. <laughs> yeah. So it is a bestiary, uh, different little fantasy creatures. Well, it calls it a folklore bestiary. And I feel that that's a very appropriate. Some of them are more monstrous than others. Some are more monstrous than others. Yeah. There are definitely traditional monsters, but some of them, like we mentioned, are more, you know, they're just friendly fairy creatures yeah and one of the, one of them even has a dungeon crawl through its body <laughs> that'd be a little bit frightening if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today give us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on facebook just search wobblies and wizards wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog at least for now twitter's up when we're recording this so you can find me on twitter at logar Hailcrom, on tiktok at logar Hailcrom as well and i've been experimenting with some other social media places there we're on patreon we could really use the support patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always keep those dice rolling and thank you to the merry mushman for providing his copies and also fuck elon musk